Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger lie, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Comet Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thank you, everyone. We are back every week, every Thursday we've been doing this. This is our 422nd show coming on the heels of a couple of tough hits to the chin. My health last week, I recovered. And then we are all excited for our local Cubbies, the Chicago Cubs, uh, hit this buzzsaw called the New York Mets. And uh, there's always next year, so uh, don't lose hope. <clears throat> Tonight we are very blessed once again to have Dr. Julio Antonio DeMarmo back uh, for the third installment of, of his life, uh, his testimony as a freedom fighter, as an inner circle uh, master spy operating behind the veil inside the deepest uh, areas of, of, of Fidel Castro's regime. After he discovered what the what the truth behind Fidel Castro was, he he was uh, a master spy operating on behalf of the United States, uh, the intelligence agencies globally, 
to report what was really happening inside, and then he, he escaped. His life uh, was threatened. Uh, 56 attempts on his life have been made over the years, and uh, he is documenting all of this in a series of books, possibly uh, a movie documentary in the future, and we feel very blessed to have you back on, uh, Dr. Marmo. Uh, the web website links, everyone, are on the newsletter page, cuban-lightning.com and spymasterspy.com. The book link for Amazon is all there as well. Uh, tonight, Dr. Marmo has talked about, in the last two installments, uh, the very beginning, the genesis of his life, uh, his father, his great-grandfather, uh, the, the, the rise of uh, Fidel Castro, uh, not just Fidel Castro, but the people who actually fronted Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro stepped into a vacuum and assumed the leadership, as we found out in the first installment. And then through an uncle, uh, he told us in the last installment how he was selected uh, to, to be appointed to be this spy master spy. Tonight, we're going to learn more about the truth behind Che Guevara uh, and other leaders who were operating behind the veil who have direct links to Russia, to, to the forces of communism globally. And uh, it's through these interactions and exchanges that uh, Dr. Marmel, as a result of learning this, uh, he is spreading the information now through these books, through these uh, testimonies, and on our call tonight because we have to be vigilant about what's really happening in our world, uh, our country. If you believe this, and we all are very attentive, and uh, we're kind of uh, learning another part of what really happened to Cuba, thanks to Dr. Marmel. But uh, these forces of, of, of complete global dominion, uh, communistic in nature, uh, that they completely destroy uh, the liberty and freedom and, and the right to private property. Uh, they are right next door, all over in the globe, uh, and they are operating uh, on a daily basis. And Dr. Marmel, that's why he's on the call tonight to instruct us, to educate us about what's really happening in our world. Dr. Marmel, thank you again for coming back. And uh, thank you for another installment. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, and, and uh, I want to uh, uh, thank you, audience, for the, you know whatever you know a time they uh, spend with us. Uh, my only purpose in all this uh, is uh, to uh, spread the word, to be truthful, and to uh, bring uh, act the deranged uh, uh, political. Uh, the range around the world and bring uh, the clarify you know uh, historical political and and social events that happen and they manage to disguise or cover up in order to the people don't know the true events behind all these uh, situations and uh, that is going to be my my uh, target for the rest of my life, you know, even if I have to release one book every three months until I die. But uh, I want to uh, express to the everyone uh, my gratitude for the listeners 
and the gratitude for you and your program to help us to bring the world around and express ourselves uh, and bring the people the truth that most uh, people don't even have knowledge to. Uh, I want to let you know, uh, Fred, that you guys start your program with something uh, very extraordinary, uh, 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 greatness. Uh, you uh, mentioned, or you uh, uh, intro mentioned, you know, the youth are the the tool for all the rebellious in South and Central America and around the world. The youth are the ones create actually the revolutions, actually the the ones rebel to the uh, the uh, the uh, oppression, the uh, the um, lack to freedom, the persecution of religion. And that youth is the same one, uh, the communist, Marxist, and extremes, and all the extreme political ideological uh, target. target. Because, yeah. <clears throat> exactly, but, and that is actually the, the, the uh, topic we're going to uh, use tonight, and we're going to give you an example with Che Guevara, Che Guevara, uh, his uh, legal name is Ernesto Guevara de la Serna. Uh, they create this uh, idol, this uh, hero, this uh, uh, utopical uh, individual with is completely uh, fake. It's uh, like, a, like a false prophet. And sell it to the youth to try to manipulate the youth and use the youth to whatever intent they have to control the, the entire war. Yeah, yeah, as I was you, talking to Dr. Marmel earlier today, everyone, uh, here in Chicago, for example, we, we have extremely progressive uh, political uh, uh, influence uh, and uh, the Hispanics and various groups. I mean, Che Guevara is, is a hero for many uh <clears throat> people here in Chicago, uh, his t-shirts are worn at, at a lot of these progressive parades and gatherings and, uh, the fist, the sign of the fist combined with his, his, uh, shadowed face that's, uh, iconically, uh, post, po- po- put on t-shirts and posters all over the place <clears throat> is, uh, so a lot of us don't know the truth behind Che Guevara and, and that, that the call tonight will shed light upon the truth about an example of, of the monstrous lie that has covered up, uh, you know, platitudes have been covering up lies, uh, filled with platitudes have been covering up uh, these virtual monsters. And uh, Dr. Marmel, you witnessed Che Guevara firsthand as a 13-year-old, uh, how he operated, how he dealt ruthless, ruthlessly with people around him. <clears throat> uh, explain how that fir- those first days took place who was Shea? Where did he come from? And how did he get involved in the inner circle? Then later on, you're going to tell us your evidence that you have, uh, you still probably have the documentation that proves that Shea Guevara wasn't an intelligence agent from Russia. Uh, that is the most extraordinary uh, things we discover, and, and actually uh, by fluke, because actually I, we never expect uh, we think he is a crazy, maniac, uh, deranged, and uh, egotistic individual, but we never imagine it. Uh, he is actually a very sophisticated agent, 
very well trained and uh, with a, a special mission. And the special mission is to turn the whole American continent into uh, communist, to turn around all the democratic systems and destroy all the political systems uh, in the different countries and create what they call a unified America from South and Central America, create a block, what they will call it the USA, United Socialist America, you know, in other words, in, 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 uh, in direct uh, uh, controversy with uh, United States of America, and then through the borders to Mexico and Canada, uh, infiltrate all the drugs, all the, the poison to destroy uh, youth, and they, accordingly with their plan, will be submit everyone at a shooting a single bullet. That is actually wow. the, the schematics and the political uh, vision. They uh, not only uh, indoctrinate everyone in Cuba, but, you know, that is the first uh, step, you know, even before the revolution tell the Cuban people they are socialists or communists, they told me and they told the people inside to the government, the military and all the stuff, and those uh, resist to uh, cooperate or, or partake or whatever, they get executed, they get sent to jail for 20, 30, 40, uh, 50 years, they die in jail, or they, the lucky ones die in jail, the other ones die in a fighter squad, you know, they create uh, different charges, but, uh, they eliminate the uh, juridical system, and, and you uh, you get accused, let's say, for a counter-revolutionary or or, or being uh, doing uh, any kind of uh, act, uh, the violent act against the government, and and the only people who can defend you is the the navy or the army, uh, what they are, the judges, the prosecutors, and the ex- executors. In other words, you don't have no, no hope. You know, it's no more attorneys to defend you. It's no more uh, constitutional rights. You don't have no rights at all. The government control you, and what the government say is what the government does. And you just uh, want more pet from the government to disposal and to use it to their uh, political agenda. But I want to bring, before we start with that, uh, one of the most important topics because people sometimes have a, a, a completely wrong idea of what the political system is. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of uh, conspiracy theories. It's a lot of stuff, you know, people create in their mind and create fantasies on both sides and the, and the right and the left. And uh, I tell people what, what I told you and what I'm telling you right now, I don't read it in the book. I don't see it in the movie. I don't watch it in a documentary. I just leave it in. I just leave it in when I eight, nine years old. And I just grow up into that system. And I see step by step how they control the people's mind and well to the point you come to be just an slave for, for the system, for the for the government. And I telling people, open your eyes. Because it's not you uh, like Che Guevara or like Marx or like uh, Lenin uh, or the Russian communists or the 
or the uh, fascists or whatever is, is what they're going to do to you and to your family and to your country. We, I don't say what we have here is perfect. We got a lot to fix. But believe me, I've been around the whole world. And it's very difficult to find a place on earth where you can even be breaking in in a, in a store and be catching a red-handed, okay, or stealing something or whatever. They put you in, into this court system, and, and, and the attorneys manage to say you're being a, a victim to the crime or whatever, okay, and you end it. Uh, your family with a couple of million dollars in the cities or, or whatever. That is only happening in the United States of America. And I just make that example to you because I have to go to the stream to, to, to make you understand the, 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 the audience is being here in this program tonight. The way you get to that stream and you not even be punished, you can't even turn around. The, the institution and the law established into your favor what kind of freedom you have. You don't have that freedom. You don't have that freedom anywhere around the world. I tell you that, my friends. Yeah, Dr. Marmel, the reason, one of the reasons that brought us all together as a community on this call was that we were individually concerned and uh, by examples of the deprivation of, of life, liberty, and property here in America, the, the, the right the right to, uh, to, to, to assemble, to the right to redress our, our, our governments. Uh, uh, there, there's so many things that uh, are, are gradually being taken away from us right under our noses that, that used to be common for, for people to accept uh, many years ago. So freedom is still uh, much stronger here in America than anywhere else in the world, but at the same time, inside, these forces that you're talking about have been trying to undermine this country for for hundreds of years, and, and they've actually... Uh, more, more, more effective, I'm sorry to interrupt you, more effective, I agree with you, and 100%, but more effective, they've been for 50 years after that revolution in Cuba uh, take place, because okay. that, is the, that is the cancer they actually bring to America, and from there, they've been irradiating all these plans. Because remember, our enemies are in Europe or in, in some other places. You know, now we have it in America. We have it in a backyard. And those rights you're talking about is being suffocated slowly. Yeah. yeah. And people don't realize it. It's like you're getting older, and and you... You don't care because you it's so slowly how you get yeah. the fresh wrinkle, how you get your white hair, and you you know you grow older and you tolerate it. You learn to live with the same yeah. way. The same way is taking away your rights, you know, because I saw it step by step. They slowly they don't do that one day and then the other. You just get out in, the, in one day and you're nine years old and you. The next day you wake up and you're 80, you just probably die. You just yeah. kill yourself because you cannot tolerate that abrupt change. And that is exactly how they function. They, they estimate that gradually they can take your freedom, 
They can't take your rights to the private property. They can't take your freedom to religion. They can impose in small dosifications that slavering mind and what you just ended with you chain and you lack is too late because now you won't need a, a tool to cut that chain what is not existing anymore because they've taken it away even the right to you go and purchase those tools because the government controls that. In other words, yeah. when you get to that point, you are completely a slave and you don't have no hope to get your freedom back. People ask me many times, how in the hell Castro can be in power for 50 years and people don't do nothing about it? And I laugh and I tell people, you don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of young kids die in Cuba in the process of those 50 years. How many wow. hundreds of thousands of kids are in prison, in political prisons? How many hundreds of thousands of young kids, because whatever is 10 today, in five years it's going to be 15 or 16 or whatever, and that is going to be a rebellion, like you say in the beginning of your program. And you say, wait a minute, why I cannot do this? Why I cannot listen to American music? Why I cannot uh, get my hair long? What I, and then, boom, they had to create another repression form to get those new generations, and then they, they don't send a depression, those kids. They put her in concentration camps, what they're calling re-education camp. But you try to escape from the one of those camps, they kill you, they kill you, like in the Nazi times. And et cetera, oh. et cetera, et cetera. I can, I can sit down here and tell you for hours and days and, and, and months the barbarity these people make every day with the youth in Cuba. And you just have to think for one minute how desperate a young kid had to be in order to go to the jungle Cut some wood, tie it with a, a vegetation, put it together some gallons of water and, and fuel off the bread or whatever, and drop that raft in the Atlantic Ocean, for God's sake, to, yeah. to hell or to heavens. Yeah. To heavens if they reach Miami or Mexico or one of those yeah. places in Caribbean Island. To hell is to, to die and to drown. Yeah. But they'd rather to die to live in that island. And that, is, and that is the same island where people actually asked me in your program last uh, week or week before if, I can, if they can go over there. And I feel uh, really in myself a big contradiction because that's my country. That is a beautiful country. That is it's a, the most prosperous country before the revolution we have in America. The, the Cuban dollar, and, and I tell you, artists, don't, don't believe me, to research. A peso in Cuba was three pennies more than the dollar before the revolution. Mm -hmm. Our currency is stronger than the USA dollar. Imagine it, how wonderful the economy in that country is at that time. And what these people do in 50 years? They, like a parasite, destroy slowly all the sources, all the, all the, the uh, establishment. They destroy every single thing 
day by day in slow motion to the point to people in today's day, they don't even have water, only one hour a day in, in, the, in wow. the cities. Wow. They have to fill up tanks, the water, they have to do all that stuff in one hour, and they say cut off. Sometimes two or three days with no water because they got problems and they cannot even deliver that hour day water. Wow. Uh, what we consider here something so simple to go to the market and buy something. You have a book, and they write them down in your book, but you get two, two rolls of toilet paper for, for a whole month for the family. Imagine it. You know? Two rolls of paper, toilet paper for how long? For, for the monks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then, then people come into, this sounds maybe vulgar and, and maybe kind of a little gross, but people auctions are carry towels in small pieces and put the names of the towels in the bathroom, and then people go to the bathroom, watch it with a little towel, they watch it, they hang it in there again, and that is the toilet paper in Cuba. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And they blame... And they blame the brocade, the American embargo, because that. And that is the biggest liar anybody can invent, because the embargo and the blockade to Cuba is only being affected from America, United States of America, because every other country around the world is being continued, com- commercialized, and do business with Cuba for all these 50 years. But they use it as an excuse, you know, to tell people, oh, they are they, the bad guys, the gringos, the bad, these North Americans, you know, they want they don't want us around. No, no, the North Americans don't want you around, and no one you, nobody wants you around, even your own people, because who want to live that, in that conditions, okay? And I tell you, the, the artists, I love the revolution. I wear the uniform to the commander to to the youngest commander in that revolution. My uncle died in the revolution. My, my, you know, my entire family, with a section of the few, they love the revolution. And everybody wants to help the poor and want to do the goods for people. But all come to be a fake, an illusion. Uh-huh. In other words, all these promises... That is why what I hear the President of the United States saying to people, everything will be for free. Uh, you will be have this for free, telephone for free. That is exactly what I hear from Castro 50 years ago. Because they make you dependent to the government. You don't go and you don't get you an entrepreneur anymore. You, they kill you incentive. They make you a dependent parasite to the government. And eventually, the government controls your life. And you cannot tell the, go- the government no more, hey, I don't want to do this. Because the government is going to tell you, you belong to me. I, the only one, can give you a job. Because now you, you, you have a job in another place, you don't like it, you go and move to the ne- next corner, you get another job. Yeah. In Cuba, that is the dream. You lose your job with the government, they said you have to go and cut sugar cane. In those... Rehabilitation camp, because the only reason you're losing the job is because you not agree with the government. Well, well. That, okay. is, that, is, a, that is a reality. Yeah. I, I, I was remiss. I, 
forgot to announce and uh, to thank Kat Atkinson and Brett Gilliland uh, for making the connection to you, Doctor. They're on the call, I think, listening right now. I just want to acknowledge their presence on the call. Thank you, Kat, and thank you, Brett. Uh, let's go back uh, so we can kind of slow things down here, Dr. Marmol, and, and take us to Che Guevara. Uh, take us to uh, a time and a place where you were with him in one of these uh, important uh experiences of your life that kind of shattered uh, your illusion or helped shatter the illusion of what, what he was really all about. You were describing a story to me earlier today uh, where uh, you were in the process of, of traveling with Shay across Cuba and one of the roads was, was blocked or there was some interruption. Explain what happened and how did Shay react? react? I will I will uh, tell you right now that, and remind me to tell you how I discover, uh, and I still have in my possession, his documentation, his badge, and his ID card from the KGB. But okay. let's go. Let's come back to this particular time because this is interest, very interest. People know what kind of man this this uh, individual used to be. And uh, if we don't have the time, well, we, we catch that the, in, in the next show. You know, how I get across in my first assignment uh, as to uh, a spy. Mm-hmm. We're only 12 years old, and I, not even uh, knowing, i coming across to all this important documentation and everything. But anyway, we are in Havana, in the capital, to the, uh, to the, in the central capital, Cuba, and uh, we're supposed to go to uh, an important uh, trip, and uh, he wanted me to go with him. And, uh, you know, normally they got uh, three automobiles before that coming to be, uh, uh, you know, I will explain to you later on, the automobiles, uh, because Castro used three automobiles everywhere he go, everybody know Fidel is coming to town or coming to that neighborhood or whatever. And then Fidel realized that all the other leaders had to take three automobiles. They all black automobiles in the 1959. And uh, Che and, and uh, everyone, you know, the, his uh, commanders start to get three automobiles. And then uh, later on, Katz say, no, 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 no. Uh, you guys want to get Buicks? Because I the only one going to get these mobiles. I I want to be different. <laughs> but that is uh, I wanted to explain that because we go into the automobiles to from one uh, from the capital to the uh, metal to the island, and uh, you know we having a conversation, normal conversation. I sitting with him in the uh, metal to the uh, central car because it's like one car go from with the uh, bodyguards, another one going in the back, and uh, we actually sitting in the back to uh, the center car, and uh, we got the driver uh, from uh, uh, guard in the uh, front seat. Uh, it's me uh, in the back seat, and Che. And uh, we saw a convertible full of beautiful women, and blowing the hornets into the crossing by, you know, passing by. And 
one of the women, she show, put the, the blocks down and she start to show the titties. And everybody go crazy, you know, my God, beautiful woman. with, And, and everybody start to, you know, distracting, you know, and looking into the woman. They they go back and go back and forth and, and uh, you know, uh, fleeing and, you know, and blowing kisses to us and all this stuff. And out of the blue, when they slow down in, in from front to, to back, because they do that to the three cars, that way we all got the attention and then they they slow down to the center car because evidently they see the chase in there. They start to, the, from the back seat to the, uh, in the floor to the convertible, they start to pull something out. And what I saw is shining with the, the sun, I see the, the uh, machine gun uh, metal and and I just react. Uh, I said, any human being react. You know, I, I, I kid, for God's sake. I don't want anybody to get hurt. And I jump in, in Che, grab it from his uh, lapella uh, uh, shirt, and bring it down. I say, gun, gun, assassins. And they start to rock, shooting all over the place. The, 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 the whole glasses, the whole windows, the uh, the phone guy in the, in the driver's seat get hurt, get uh, uh, one uh, one or two of the bullets in the in the shoulder. Uh, then the, the all the cars reply to the fighter and and shoot all these people. It's about four of you know four guys. I think it's four gears in the in the convertible, and the convertible flip over in this tree, and it's a huge convulsion. You know, the car start to get a fighter. We pull over. And uh, in the middle of all these convulsions, the bodies to the woman said rolling over the the highway, uh, you know, legs blocking, you know, uh, some still uh, kind of alive and, you know, very, very, in the very bad condition, you know, they dying. And uh, she turned around and asked the guy, go with us in the car. In the front, in the front seat, uh, who know we coming in this world today? And the guy, you know, imagine it—the adrenaline at that time. The you know people is dead in the, uh, all in the middle of the street. You, we got him, you know, we almost get killed. And the guy, you know, hesitated and they give you the answer to him. And he said, "Well, you know, uh, you don't want to tell people." Where we going? Uh, I only tell uh, uh, the driver in the last minute where we leaving, blah blah blah, whatever. And he pulled his gun, bam, and he shot it right in the, in the head. Not even two feet from me. I got pieces of <laughs> brain and the and the skull in my face. Wow. And and I, you know, my my, you know, imagine a kid, twelve years old, thirteen years old, twelve, twelve and a half, something like that, and. My my legs start to uh, shaking like a rubber band. Yeah. And I don't want to show Kane and the others that I'm scared or anything like that. And I say, uh, let me sit down because, you know, I need to, you know, tie my boots and blah, blah, blah. And I sit down. I say, what happened? What happened to you? You scared? You know, this guy must be a traitor because uh, how these people know that we will be in this hour, at this time, in this highway. Yeah. And and he started to excuse himself. 
They were excited. Go ahead. Wow. So, 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 so he shot the driver, and that driver was a close confidant of Shea, right? Not only the confidence, is the if the guy in charge of his escort, the guy is being around him everywhere. So he's a bodyguard, escort, confidant, as close as you could ever have some one individual to be close to Shay. Go ahead. Go. We're going to let Todd to tell the, the little piece in there they what what how the whole situation after that point happened. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, which which part, Doctor Marmel? The yeah, after he looked at me and asked me, "What is what is going right. on with you?" Yeah, yeah. He comes, he comes over. He's like, you know, offers him a canteen of water. A little too much for you, huh? And uh, he looks up. and He says, "No, actually, I'm looking at. We, we've got a. They're clearing the highway because you know there's other cars that are going to be coming along and everything. And I'm looking at this convertible that just started up, even though it's been shot to pieces. And I, I just was marveling at that. And Shay just starts laughing hysterically, clapping at his hand, saying, can you believe this kid, guys? All the middle of this, this chaos all around us, and he's wondering how that car started up. And, you know, he completely sold Shay on Dr. Marmo. I mean, he, first of all, the, the big thing is he said, you know, I don't say this to just about anybody, but I owe you my life. And then on top of that, he, he, he became convinced as a courageous young kid that uh, it just really cemented in his mind that I've got to bring this, this, this kid next to me. I, I need him by my side, not Fidel's. That's one oh, of the things. Wow. These people okay. all have – it's not just here in Cuba, not just these people. Communists have egos like you would not believe. The Russians never got along well with the Chinese because they couldn't agree, first of all, who had the purest form of communism and who was going to be the supreme leader. The Chinese felt that Chairman Mao should be the supreme leader. The Soviets believed whoever happened to be the supreme Soviet at that time needed to be the supreme leader. The Vietnamese, North Koreans, you look at them all, they're all driven by ego. And... You know, Shea's telling Dr. Marmos, he's trying to wean him away from Fidel, you've got to be careful with Fidel. He's got an ego bigger than Argentina. And then a little bit later, Fidel tells him, I know you've been working with Shea a lot. I don't have a problem with that. He's doing a lot of good work for the revolution. I need to caution you coming in Tico. Some people say, I've got an ego the size of Argentina. Shea has an ego bigger than all of South America. Uh-huh. So it's, they just can't get along, ultimately, when you get right down to it. Wow. Well, that is the kind of man, that is, that is the kind of man the kids wear that T-shirt with his face. Let, let me interject of, something else. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me interject something else with, with this particular story, too, because you mentioned, you know, these people are lying, they're dying. 
Shay's interrogating one of them, trying to say, get the, you know, who told you about this? Who set you up? You're dying. Nothing yeah. can be done for you. At least come clean. Make a clean breast of it before you die. Yeah. And the person spits him in the eye. This is a dying person, and he still shoots him. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the man I saw no compassion. I, no yeah, compassion. I, saw, I saw him do... Uh, Tremendous act, the barbarity. Uh, even what he, he is in charge of the, the, the political prison in the La Cabaña, they call it La Cabaña, like a cabin, and, and uh, it's a fortress in Havana. And he cut ears, he cut fingers, he take eyes out to the people in order to make talk, make it to talk. Oh, my God. And, oh my and some God. of those people, some, uh, that is one of the things we're going to do in the movie, we're going to bring some of those people still alive, very old already in, in Miami. We wanted to get those testimonies to people suffering under and and his uh, diabolic picture because this is uh, this guy is unbelievable. They 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 say they say there in Cuba and all over the 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 world because he go to Africa, he go to Congo, he go to. Bolivia, he go to uh, everywhere in the world. He go to uh, everywhere he put his boot. He bring death and bring misery. Yeah. And I, when I saw those kids in the street with that T-shirt, I said, listen, I don't care if you're Republican, uh, progressive, communist, Marxist, or whatever. I see communists before. And I've been having people, at socialists, friend of mine, we got different opinions, different ideas, whatever. But I never see people with such a kind of uh, criminal mind like the people that's created by Che Guevara and Fidel Castro in Cuba. Because they don't have no mercy with no one. They, 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 they do the most horrible thing you can imagine it. And, and they justify it because you, you are an enemy. They don't have no mercy when, for anyone. When Dr. Marmel showed me Shay's KGB badge, I just said, it makes total sense. It makes absolute sense that the man was a KGB agent. They, are, they are, were trained to be absolutely cold-blooded. Ruthless. Ruthless. Ruthless killing machines. I mean, they made the Gestapo look like nice guys. Wow. And um, it just... The, 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 the fact of the matter that he was a KGB agent explains so much about his lack of compassion, his lack of pity, lack of mercy, any any humanizing qualities whatsoever. Uh, bear in mind, too, the guy who's currently in charge of the Russian Federation, as macho as he may be, I, I see a lot of people just you know kind of comparing him to Obama and whatnot. He's KGB. Never forget well, that fact. Vladimir Putin, KGB. Yes, he was a colonel in the KGB. Yeah. The man has that same programming. So we're talking about Che Guevara right now. You can apply just about any of these things to Vladimir Putin. Okay. Remember that when you're looking at these events. I I, I beg this audience. Remember I that. People, I tell people all the time, uh, we will put that in the next book, actually, in the uh Cuba, the truth, the lies, and the cover-ups. We're going to put all the documentation because every book is a day we publish 
We put documents in whatever we say. Mm-hmm. We don't want anybody to take a word. We tell everybody, make you search. And if you find any shred the two in what we're talking about, please do more search. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because behind all these promise, behind all these lies, behind all this uh, fantasy and utopic dream is extremely a night, big, the biggest nightmare you can ever go out live in your life. Wow. Because, wow. because you know, what, what do you can, you know, I tell people, what do you can expect to somebody they don't have no feelings not for religious, not for God, not for Jesus Christ, not for no one. They believe in even no family. Their idea is their family. And if you go against them, they kill you. Mm-hmm. You have to think about it. Twelve years old, coming to tell the father, or thirteen years old, twelve and a half, that. They want to take your business. Dad, take the family away from here. Dad, I see they're going to take all the, the money from the, everybody's account in the bank. They're going to control everything. And my father tell me, get out of my house. I don't want to trade around in my roof. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 was, that was too much for your father to accept or understand much less understand. Not only that, he has already been watched. He huh? said that 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 completely uh brainwashed I- ideological uh a, what we call uh a idea the the whatever is not with me is against me, what is not even intelligent because somebody cannot be with you and not because you don't understand what you're talking about. Maybe you explain to them and maybe you give you some time and maybe they come in around and be with you. In other words, it's not even intelligent. And because the person thinks different or, or differ in your political views, you want to destroy that person? I tell people all the time, the difference in between democracy and the Marxist and all these extremists is that we actually civilize people and we look in things in a way where we actually have mercy even with our enemies. We are merciful people and what we in the democracy try to not even execute the worst criminals, commit the worst horrendous crimes. And, and and even worry about it, how they're going to die. And you have to see that because they, they suffer too much where they give you the, the little injection or let's kill it in this way or in another way. The communists, they put everybody in line there and they shoot everybody in the head. Yeah, wow. Just because they go in a, in a, in a demonstration to the tree against the government. That is a big difference between two, the two systems. It's what I tell people. You choose. It's up to you. You know, so, um, but be, be, be very careful what you choose because sometimes people say you don't know what you have until you lose it. Mm-hmm. 
and you feel like what you have is not good enough, and you just try to turn it down, you better be sure. Because what is coming next, he's going to be... Go ahead. Dr. Mermel, take us back. Were you uh, deputized into the intelligence uh, world prior to that incident with Che Guevara? Uh, Had you been deputized or selected or trained, or or did that come take place after that? No, that is actually before. Actually, before that incident. You know, I actually working as a as a as a spy already. What this happened? Wow. And actually, and actually, I already know he is a KGB agent. And I already know. Wow. And I already know many, many plans they have to assassinate many leaders, include the Pope, around the world. They're sending assassins to kill people to destabilize the the democratic countries where they are. They consider it the, the their worst enemies are the 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 presidents and the senators or whatever in the country. They're stabilizing the country. They have to kill those prominent figures and the religious. To so in any religion, you don't have to be Christian, Catholic, uh, uh, Adventist, any any religion. Okay, they don't want to you embrace any religion. You have to embrace them. And in that moment, no matter what, I should be one to get away again. Because that is what I've been told. But in my beginning to my career as a spy, i not being trained to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Later on, they do that in order to, I had to survive and defend myself. But in the beginning, what I'm supposed to do, and my mission is to extract information and bring it back to my sources. Wow. But in that moment, because my my education, my religious background, my uh, teaching in my house with my mother and, and my family, tell me in that moment that I should not let somebody shoot anyone or kill anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I jump. Well, like you jump when somebody pinch you, you know, it's a natural reaction. And jump and grab him and bring it down in the floor with me. Because I can't jump myself. I let the hand stand and get shot and get killed. Because believe me, they shot a machine gun completely through the back to the car. They said, I don't pull it down. He probably <clears throat> be cutting his head off. But I bring it down because, you know, it's a natural instant. To, to I, I want to he is not being the way it is. I want to he changing or do something different than what, he, what, he, what I see is be doing every day. But I don't want him killed. Yeah. And that, believe it or not, and not even want it because I, I do that in 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 in, in impulse. Okay. Open the road for me in the future because every time somebody put it down and say, "Oh, I think the big spy we're being after," it can be him because he is 
got access and clearance in every single big government entity and even in a military basis and everything. He coming in my defense. And he said, for God's sake, he saved my life. Mm-hmm. In other words, God in some ways protect me in that moment in my good act to save his life to be safe for the next 10 years. Because I've been being a, in a spy for 1959, 1959, uh, yeah, 19, uh, to 1971. In in the government, and they never, never have a crew. And what they have, uh, any doubts, or they got uh, situations where they confront me or whatever, what a section to feel, what he go along to see what, you know, what is my reaction or whatever, because these people don't believe in anyone. Uh, he, he tell people, you know, for God's sake, you know, you have to think about it. He saved my life. Uh-huh. And that exonerated me many times. You know, he saved me like a like a, like a passport to, to to navigate those ten years. Wow. I don't know if we got a few time. If you we got time I'll tell you a little bit about how I coming across and get to know uh you know the the batch and the ID card well, and everything. Well, because that does tie in to to authenticate what you're talking about. So we've got about a half hour, uh, and then we're going to open it up for comments. Uh, but uh, our, but yeah, if you could squeeze this in in about twenty twenty five minutes, if that's possible. Why don't you go ahead? Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, uh, in the beginning, in the beginning, do the whole thing. I still. Uh, working as a commander to the Union Army, uh, and the Army uh, uh, squadrons start to, uh, the officers start to uh, uh, kind of uh, motivate themselves to go against to the government because they don't like the political indoctrination they bring into uh, the uh, armed forces. And we got completely uh, platoons with the uh, captains or the commanders or the lieutenants go to the jungle and, and start to fight against the government because they don't, they don't like what they see. The people in, in the country don't know what is going on, but they are, they are, our forces are the first ones to start to be indoctrinated. Then they call him. So he has just arrived from, from the Soviet Union, from uh, Moscow, and one of the trips he, he takes, he, he, he travels a lot internationally because, you know, as a, as a KGB agent, we don't know that at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came into the compound where we actually doing some military, uh, uh, what we call it, uh, clean, clean up. You know, they they going through this... Uh, records to all the officers and all the uh, corporals and the uh, lieutenants, whatever, 
the major officers in, in the in the uh, regiment, and uh, they examined those uh, records and they, and talked to them personally. And they, once they feel that they got uh, they got you know a very good uh, chance to convert because they not that religious they 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 find they find second things they they can turn it around and, and, and brainwash them to the Marxist uh, learning ideas. Those mm-hmm. they put it in a in a group. They want to say no, I I don't I don't want nothing to do with communists. I don't want nothing to do with socialism and, and that kind of crap. I I read about it and I know that it's not good for people and and eventually going to suppress the the religious and the freedom to people. Those they completely demote it. Or they get it out of the army. Okay? okay. Now, Chicken, in, in, in that particular, uh, what we call uh, seminar, we do it in the, in the uh, regiment, and to, you know, to talk to us and tell us, you know, what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to look for. Like, uh, now I'm telling people, you know, what they can look for in a, in a kid can be radicalized by the, any extremists. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a good thing you can look for, and you see how these kids act, and you can mm-hmm. detect before he go and shoot some people in the school or in the shopping center or whatever. If you press attention, you find out this kid is going in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, in that the same situation, but backwards, they go in, in they doing in, in that particular time, and she landing the chopper in there, in the compound. And after all day long, going through all the offices and all the troops and all they going through the all depuration and clean up, you know, the whole thing, and assign the new uh, platoon commands and they assign the new people, whatever. Uh, we all uh, had a meeting in the in the commander uh, office in the compound, and it got very late, and he said, "Okay, let's go to dinner." And we all go to, you know, uh, to the uh, mess, to the uh, officer mess, to eat. But I realized before I leave, yeah. the Che leave in the office to this commander from the province, the, the uh, briefcase, his attache, his personal attache, but he has his name and everything, very, very nice and leather, mm-hmm. you know, embroidered and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And... And I say, okay, I think this is going to be my opportunity because they tell me, be in the look for anything that's close personally to any of these leaders because you, you never know what you can find in those police cases. Okay? We can find it maybe the, the next assassination to one, uh, the other lies or whatever. Uh, you never know what you're going to find in there. And then we, I leave with them. They like the office and everything. Of course, you know, always they leave uh, a score, somebody guard behind in those buildings. And we go to the mess. We just have a dinner or whatever. We says, I say, well, guys, you know, it's nothing else we go to do tonight. I go to, uh, I excuse myself. You know, I go, I go to the kitchen, uh, asking for a few rations of food because the food is to be shorter to bring it to my family. And I told my driver, go home. And drop this in my house, and don't acknowledge anybody. Ask you where I am. You take me home, and you drop me home. 
And, he, and, and my driver looked at me and said, what are you going to do? I said, don't worry about it. You know, I won't let you know later on. She doesn't see anybody ask you, somebody I trust, my personal driver. Um, you tell her I leave the, the compound with you. Okay, and he left. Then I managed to go through one of the buildings and, and the, one of the, the back to the building where the, uh, where the uh, commanders have the office in the second floor, and I go to a, uh, one of the sewer uh, pipes in the, in the back to the building, and I open the window, and I get through the window to the commander's office. And I grab the, the briefcase, cut one of the courts in the, one of the curtains, and I slide it down to the, to the wall in the back to the building. Now, I told you, in the, in the, I think in the past uh, interview we have, how I managed to get that entire portfolio out of that uh, compound. I don't want to make it the whole thing because it's going to be too long, but in that particular briefcase, after I manage, they, they 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 give you an alert, you know, all the stuff because the guards in the front realize somebody breaking in the window in the in the building, and I managed to escape out of sea in the from the from the regiment for the compound, and I get to some location where I'm safe, and I shake the portfolio. My God, I realize I not only find a gold mine, I find even the uh, attempt to assassination to different presidents, the, the whole idea of what they're going to do in the future, all this, because he, it's just coming from the Soviet Union. And he go over there to consult with his uh, commanders in the in the KGB, and he give you all these schematics and all this stuff, they, what they want to do in the future. And that is his actually mission for the future. Now, I took everything. In other words, you don't even realize it. That is going to be a store, of course. And nobody ever, no, you know, your stuff is going to be taken, taken for you. And he have even there the badge, the ID card, the passport, everything. Because when he fly from Moscow to Havana, until they have that problem in, in, in that uh, particular uh, province in Pinal del Rio, and he flew in, from the airport in, in Havana in a, in a chopper to Pinal del Rio to military, the military compound. And I grabbed that from there, mm-hmm. and I got all these amazing information. The, some of the stuff is in Russian. And at that time, I don't, I, my Russian is not the, the greatest. I have to wait until I see my contacts and my uncle. And I tell her, you know, this is uh, what I, you know, managed to do. They don't even believe it. They cannot wow. believe I managed to take that out of that regiment. And what they told me, when they translate all the documentation, because whatever I don't understand, I make like a, like a, like a tab book, and I, you know, make my, you know, I make, I have to make my report 
and you know, like you're making a, a like you're making a, a number one, number two, number three page. You know, you know whatever you find, you classify that, and, and you put a number or whatever. And whatever I don't understand, I put a question mark. Well, a few weeks later, what I meet with my contacts, they tell me, oh, my God, you don't even know what we have here. You have to walk in glass because they're going to start to execute everyone as being around chair in that time. Because wow. this is high classified documentation. You can't even, you don't even... Uh, going to be able to justify how the hell that, that happened. He's going to take it with everyone around him. Well, they kill several people. They execute several people. I feel bad about it. But what I can do? And they never find out that I'm the one took the briefcase, even until today. Because this is the first time we just come in this in, in anywhere. Yep, yep. In other words, that being in a state security box, the copies to those documentations and and the the original batch for for long, long, long time. Well, uh, okay. So you've got the documentation. You've seen the KGB metal. You saved his life, and you came to realize over a short period of time how brutal he was, how big his ego was. And uh, did you eventually get discovered uh, as being a spy by Shay, or did somebody kill him uh, in the interim? What, what, what was the time frame of that? Several times they bring me in front of Fidel because they they tell me they, they need to uh, debrief me with something, whatever. And what I never, what I less expected, I'd be in a, in a trial in front of the, the uh, chief of security, the other commanders, Etc. 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 Then they start to question me, mm-hmm. to try to trick me to see if I break. And every single time they did that, I passed with flying colors because I've been trained for that. Yep. Okay. And some of the, and some of the times, what I justify what they think, the the guy with the security forces. In Cuba, like a KGB in Russia, in, in Cuba as a G2, tried to nail me to the wall. And in the end of those meetings, sometimes they make him apologize to me. And wow. Fidel, and Fidel apologized to me, even to bring me there to question me. And those are the time, but believe it or not, that incident that I say just life coming afloat again. And the end to the conversation and the end to I justify whatever they accuse me, she bring it out. Well, in other words, that made me uh what we call uh um in their eyes n- not possible. I will be in a spy. It's not possible. Yeah. 
Because why I don't use that opportunity? What I happened in that moment, I let him die in that circumstance. But was, every time they do that, they, and believe it or not, 10 years later, 10 years later, I'm detected. I managed to float and navigate all the most horrendous traps you can imagine it. Because the guy from the G2 got in between one eye and the other. The eye should be the lightning. It's no other person in Earth, in that island, can pull off the stuff is being pulled off and send that information to the to the international intelligence community. He had to be somebody very close to Fidel and Che. Wow, wow. And believe it or not, 10 years later, while I was working in the prime minister's office, and I took one of those information, those are important information classified, what they're doing is they dropping, they dropping with the Cuban planes, painting like a, a red cross, and um, with dummies sitting in the in the windows, they dropping supplies, weapons, grenades, and all the stuff to the rebels all over Southern Central America. Oh my God! And I, you're and, I and I and I pass that information together with the with the Africa invasion with the Congo and all the stuff. Yeah. And I told these people when I give you the my contact in Havana, you cannot make this public mm-hmm. because the only place this can can come is the office where I work. And if you make this public, they not they not going to be only my life; it's going to be the life that everyone I work with. Because I have to have some kind of the the uh, ally in 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 a, in, a, in a way to get this out of that office, where it's extremely high security. Because I have to have some compasses, and those people will be died too. Was, please, and they say, don't worry. The intelligence community assure me that they're not going to reveal that. They're going to use it for the tour and to control the situation, but they never will be exposed publicly. Well, what happened is the president at that time wanted to get sanctions against Cuba, forming a coalition to try to get uh, uh, several countries on their side to, to get a red to Castro finally. And they bring my information to the United Nations, and they blow my cover. That is 10 years later. And they come in and tell me, if you don't leave the the island in, in, in the next 72 hours, you will be killed, for sure. They start already to pull people out of the, the building where you're working with. And I don't have no other option to prepare myself. They give me a very quick... Uh, uh, debrief and uh, and give me the map. You know how we going to be able to cross the mine fields in Guantanamo, and uh, how we going to be get to Guantanamo to from the capital to Havana to Guantanamo. 
and how what kind of transportation we're going to use, etc., 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 etc. And I have to leave. I have to abandon my family, my wife, my three years old boy, and uh, we we go for uh, weeks in the jungle. We go through hell. We go through minefields. One of my guys blow in pieces in one of the mines. And finally, we reach the the coast because we pick a a, 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 a eclipse at night with no moon, and we have to wait. I think a second time with the tide. Uh, everything is very well planned, and then we get in the water and we swim for almost ten or twelve hours. I don't even exactly know the amount of the hours we we swim, but approximately ten to twelve hours. We get into the Navy base, and they uh, debrief off in the Navy base, and they put the intelligent the Navy the intelligent put us in the plane and and flew us to Florida. That is a part, a portion of, the, of what really happened at that time. That is between that particular time, what I would say. And I take the portfolio, and I, that is 10 years. There's uh, a lot of stories can be told about, you know, what, what we did in Cuba. And that is going to be in the, in the next books. Saturday are in the zipper, uh, the Cuban lightning in the zipper. And a little bit, you know, we touch in the Cuba version of the war. But now we will come back in time. And we will start the beginning with detailing from 1959 until 1963. What is the death to the assassination to JFK? And from there, we will release another box. We will continue all the way to uh, to uh, connect with the shipper. What is the kind of operation we did with President Reagan in 1989? People can find that on the website and the uh, spymasterspy.com, and they can see, uh, you know, little clips, little uh, trailers, little uh, stories in there, and also the, the new six books we're going to release. They all are in there too with the synopsis to each one that what those books is going to be talking about. We are we are still there? Yes, oh that's amazing. I was I was wordless. Fred's here too. <laughs> maybe maybe to round out the uh the the uh, story of uh, Guevara, Doctor Marmel, you should uh Tell them about the um, great embarrassment you and your guys managed to engineer for Castro uh, after he was executed in Bolivia. Actually, actually, that is a good point. That uh, um, actually, uh, actually, he wanted to bring me went him to Bolivia. Uh, he actually uh, tried to uh, so desperate to convince me to go with him. Um, my, uh, I remember my brother a lot, because I lived older already, 
Tell me, don't even think about it to go to these people. This is a suicide mission. Actually, Castro sending him to Bolivia because he want to get rid of him because he's a pain in the ass, excuse my language, and I'm sorry to the audience. Uh, but uh, they know, I know exactly what is going to happen because, you know, you know, we see, you know, what they're doing and how they go, and the whole thing is going to end. The the intelligent community is being tracking him down because it's being exporting revolutions everywhere, from Brazil, from El Salvador, from Venezuela, from uh, Ethiopia, from Algeria, from everywhere, you know. And every time he comes back to Cuba, he feels like a hero because everybody, everybody receives like a like a hero. Actually, Fidel started to resent him because he got all these merits and credits. And and, uh, and the, uh, the real reason he abandoned Cuba is because they got a, such a great discussion. Uh, he go to France and a television show, he, he lie a cigar and the match hit fly in the air what it's like to light the cigar. And the uh the uh gentleman in the program asking again, the hoster, how is the economy in Cuba? How is everything in Cuba? He got to lie another match and the and the and the match head fly almost getting the head to the to <laughs> to the guy interviewing him. And he getting me really really irritated. I go to a, he liked the so much, and he exactly the same. He coming in through his shirt, and he almost burned his shirt. And he's uh, he had to stand up and and shake this uh, little much uh, head, probably burn him. And he say, extremely bad. We cannot even get, make a goddamn match holding the head in in and uh, in 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 that in, in, in so, so many millions and millions of dollars we have spent in Cuba, and we cannot even make a single box of matches the proper way. That is good enough that when he come back to Cuba, we can hear the screamings in between him and Fidel a block away. And he tell you, you get the hell out of here, you're going to do your revolution, whatever the hell you want, but you don't criticize my revolution anywhere in the world. <coughs> he disappeared <coughs> for months, and then evidently they came in like a good communist. They came into the, an agreement that he won't be leaving to Bolivia, and they going to the plan in Bolivia is because Bolivia don't have no coast. He's going to try to get the revolution uh, win in Bolivia and force the Bolivian people to fight to the other countries because they 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 don't they're going to be completely blockaded for the other countries and to uh, have access to the coast. And that is the plan, to irradiate the revolution from there to all South America. But what that refer, in reference to what that asked me, what they cut in Bolivia, Che, and they execute him, what I not agree, I think that they make a matter out of him, that you put it in the court system and do what he don't even do to the Cuban young kids in Cuba, put into a trial, and and 
convict him, even for life and sentence or, or whatever, in, in prison. <coughs> but what they did, <coughs> and it's not, in my book, the proper thing to do, because the, the Bolivian government, they are so pissed, they don't want to put the hand to the, to the uh, justice uh, uh, system. And they say, no, we want to kill. This guy does too much damage to the country. It's an invader. It's an foreign. Shoot the head. Shoot the guy in the head. But the the most extraordinary thing is what they get his body to the government's building. We have uh, an, an individual in the government, in the Bolivian government, what it worked with the intelligence community, with the CIA, and they instruct him to cut his hands, that way they can identify him in Cuba with the fingerprints, and bring his diary, his original diary is right in the mountains while he's fighting against the Bolivian government. This individual, his name is Argueda, is one of the ministers in Bolivia, pretend like he actually defeated to Cuba because it's a rage what they did to Che, blah, 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 blah. And he bring his hands in a glass container and, and, the, and the diary to Che and they give it to Fidel. They make a get a, like a hero in Cuba and they don't even bother to read Che's diary. Okay, because they identify it's just his and for God's sake, we should print this diary in, in different language and put it in the hands to every single citizen, not only in Cuba, in the entire world, that way they, we're going to make a hero hand around the world, blah, 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 blah. And they set even printed shops, you know, print machines, in the, every corner in the capital and in all the provinces in Cuba. And they start to translate, the, the, in the process to translate the, 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 uh, the diary, in different language. <clears throat> what the translator realized the damage and the bad things she say in the diary about Castro, about the failure to the revolution and all the because she's completely abandoned in there in Bolivia. And coming to Castro and say, for God's sake, we should not show this diary to anyone. It's too late. Everybody in Cuba have a diary already. They, they give you an order, and all the prints immediately take, sweep it up and take it back into the government offices and order to not distribute the book no more, the, 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 the diary. And in today's day, you cannot even find a, a diary to share anywhere. They, they make that diary like anybody have possession to that diary. Is it an enemy? And it's a, uh, what we call seditious, and you cannot be in, in possession of that diary and once you are a counter-revolution, and it gets to the, to the government in Cuba. That is, what, that is what the intelligence community did to Castro. And that is his writing. It's not anybody's writing. It's his writing in that particular diary. They trick the government in Cuba. They send this guy, and, they, and then, like a month later, Argueda desert Cuba and go back to the Bolivia. And Castro realized 
they they uh, the stupidity he make. In the diary, he say Castro in one of the speeches tell the Cuban people they uh, the Che is so great and so wonderful, and they got so much so many comfort in there in Bolivia because they got all this support from the Bolivian people, and the revol- the glorious revolution is going to be finally, and all the South America, blah, blah, blah. They're even going to send to him uh, ice cream in the factory over there from Havana. They call it Copelia. <coughs> and, and Che, <coughs> excuse me, in the, in the diary wrote, either Fidel is drunk or he don't even know what he's, what he's saying. You know, it must be a telepathic connection. Because I don't even talk to Fidel after leave Havana, he's going to be almost a year now. And he's telling people he's talking to me, and we are doing great and wonderful. I don't know where to get this information. And this is one of the last things, you know, is in the diary. What is an embarrassment for the Cuban government and Castro himself? Any questions? Are you there, Fred? Hello? Hello? Dad, you there? I'm here, yes. Yeah, are you there, Fred? I think you your guys... Fred is, uh, Fred, Fred is uh, taking a limonade. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Fred. You know, it's, uh, it's too, this, this story is too hard. <laughs> and he needs to he need to get uh, something to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's odd. I see his name. He's on the call. Um, Steve, can you hear me? Steve? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I've got you. Uh, Fred Fred's, uh, must be away from the phone. Oh, wow. That's...
the, the slop. Okay. And uh, the sarcocho. And the only way out was through one of these wagons. So he kind of sneaks over, he, he covers the briefcase in the garbage, but they get stopped at the gate, and the guards are going to start checking uh, the wagon. So sure. he, cli- he, he ties a bandana around himself and climbs into one of the cans of this goop. Like rotten vegetables and fifty fried gallons of tank, the leftover food for the meat to their uh, military uh, compound. You know, right. you got their soup, you got in their chicken bones, you got in their all kinds of crap. Oh and, my God! And also use toilet paper. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, well, that's about as bad as you want to get now. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. That, that is not the best. Sometimes oh. they, they, they don't pick them up that in time, and they three or four days, and it's fermented. And uh-huh. the snail is unbearable. And what they do, they use that to feed the pigs. Oh, okay? yeah, boy. And that is yeah. the only exit out of there. <laughs> The guards had these like little short metal spears. They would sink into um, the substances to see if they were ca- contacting, you know, any, anything contraband. Oh. And uh, they went into the tanks, and three three quick thrusts, and then and on. He felt three pinches. He was so full of adrenaline, he didn't realize until after he's climbing out of the wagon, and suddenly. He's got an arm and a leg that's not moving very well and a, a searing pain in one rib cage that he's been stabbed three times. Oh, my God. Once in the arm, once in the leg, and, and once in the side. Oh, good You know, Lord. they use, oh, they use uh, uh, long uh, steel bars with handles mm-hmm. with the point, uh, you know, like those things you use in the fireplace? Yeah. They are very sharp. Yeah. And they use a long, those long spears to check the trash and to check the the, the tanks, and, and that way they make sure there's no contraband on taking out of the the military base. All right, exactly, yeah. yeah. But they stabbed you, and it didn't feel like anything. <laughs> oh, gosh. And fortunately for him, he winds up finding sanctuary with, with some friendly people, one of whom is a former nurse, because... Oh. He catches a nasty infection from having this stuff in open wound. Well, yeah, that's that and, was my first thought for sure. Yes, and and she's asking him after he's recovered, what was it? Because I found in one of the wounds refried beans and rice, and another wound I found chicken bones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! And what are the chances of that ever happening to anybody else again? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. This is what I tell people. They try to steal from us this story, and uh, because we got screenplays and all this stuff, if you just put that in one of the movies, we're going to sue the hell out of you, because we know for a fact that that is not that that is not possible. That any any other human being goes through that. Oh my God. Well, you're not any ordinary human being, obviously. <laughs> that's crazy, let me tell you. Oh, my God. Oh, God, this is just an amazing, amazing story. Un- unreal. Uh, wow. <laughs> are, are you back with us, Fred? 
I, this is so weird, you guys, because I don't know, all these shows yeah. my friend, he, he never disappears, but his name is there. But I'm, and, and then maybe, our Steve Harris, Steve Harris, our maybe producer. He got a, a call, maybe he got a call from the CIA or Obama administration. Uh, yeah, well, we don't know. We've been in some dicey situations, but uh, producer Steve Harris was uh, on the backstage here. He got completely dumped off the call, and... Um, and they and and he had to dial back in. So I, I'm the standing uh, moderator at this point. Everybody <laughs> is getting attacked here. But um, so uh, anybody else out there with a Q and A question, comment? Uh, Ray, Dixie, anybody that I recognize your names? Anybody from TalkShoe, unmute yourself. And Steve can't unmute himself and join us without dumping the call. So. Um, Tag I'm it, I guess. <laughs> so, guys, uh, we've got another guest uh, coming in. Uh, Fred possibly went looking for him. Are, are you on the line, Ed Crosby? Okay, I'm getting nothing. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Tad and, and, and Brett and Dr. Marmel certainly, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to say about what's happening with our technical problem here. But, but I'm still here and you're still there, and I can't tell you how much this means to me to be able to listen to your story. And I know everyone listening feels the same way. It, it, and the movie and the books, and it's very exciting. I talked to many people about it during the week. I, I had a friend lunch with a friend from Puerto Rico yesterday. And, of course, I guess Puerto Ricans, which I didn't know this, can go back and forth to Cuba. Uh, or at least at some point could, and he'd been there four times, and he said the people were beautiful, and the cafes and all that was sort of like going back to what he imagined Paris to be a hundred years ago, very charming yes. and full of full of life. We and go back of, like two hundred years in the civilization. <laughs> yeah, and he lo- he loves he loved that about it, you know, and uh, and I was really happy to hear him share that. So I'm glad I got to mention that to you because I thought that the way he described it was really quite lovely and uh he wants to read the zipper so i told him well, let's get some copies and we'll read it let me let me tell you a little bit about the zipper uh because that is going to be an extraordinary uh experience for you and to yes, anyone who read it uh because we actually changed the course to history yeah we actually, yeah this is uh this is something uh in today's day, uh, people do not even know why, what, what happened. I'm supposed to be 75 years and six months in jail. Because in the end of the operation, uh, they accused me of being doing kind of fair. What I've not been doing kind of fair, I've been doing cloning. Because I had the paper and the magnetic ink and the plates and everything from the Treasury Department. It was like what I do, and it's actually duplicating the money. And... That is how we collapse the Soviet Union economy and, and bring down the Berlin Wall. Wow. That's <laughs> but the, but the people, don't, <laughs> people don't even have a clue because they even interrupt the Olympics. Yeah, wow, and, okay. Yes, to put my face everywhere. You know, and uh, actually I uh, break the, the Guinness world record. Because apparently with the Secret Service, that is the biggest seizure in the history of the United States of currency. 
Get a little bit about it, uh, Todd. Because I'm getting um, my throat getting dry. And <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and and if if Fred, uh, Fred, are you there? Wait, that's a mystery. I think, I think it, uh, like I say, he go and take a cool shower. Yes, <laughs> but go ahead, Tad, and we'll we'll let Brett, we'll let Dr. Marmel go after you get through with what you're produ- uh, yeah. uh, wanted to present there. Um, basically, what, what what they did was they 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 set him up in a uh, warehouse in Santa Ana with a printing press, and the, as he said, the plates, the magnetic ink, and the paper from the Treasury Department to print the money that they needed to do all these operations. I mean, they, they they used the money to bribe the border guards at the Berlin Wall to smuggle through the blue the blue jeans and the rock and roll records and all the things that caused the university kids to say, why don't we know about this stuff? We want this. And, and they rose up with the pickaxes and the sledgehammers to tear down the wall. Um, the, uh, they, they, all the money just was flooded into the Soviet economy, and so the ruble just collapsed almost overnight, and that, that's what caused everything to kind of spring apart over there. But um, on that... An op- the standard operating procedure when uh, an operation is closed down is all the principals leave. They, they go someplace else. The bigger the sure. magnitude, the, the longer the time they're gone. He's looking at uh, leaving the country for about two years. He's in the process of getting five safe houses and 14 cars put in storage. Uh, they told He's got all this excess money left over because they had a problem with the $100 bill. Um and they said, what do I do with this? They told him, burn it. So he's got 19 trash cans, uh, the aluminum trash cans, and they're burning that 24-7. So he's in a flurry of activity trying to get this done. And they come up to him with some more plates and say, what do you think about this stuff? And he said, I've never seen, what country is this from? I've never seen this currency before. They said, this is what our currency is going to become. You've done such a good job. We need to be able to call in all the existing currency in the world, both the official and unofficial issue, and have it all quietly destroyed. Uh, how much paper and ink do you have left? We need this for insurance for our future operations. So he wound up printing the currency that we changed to in uh, under Clinton in 1996 in 1989. Wow. And it's about the... If you think about it, in the, up until about 1988, we're hearing all these little jokes on Saturday Night Live and the other comedians about the $500 hammer and the $1,500, $15,000 toilet seat for the Air Force. And everybody knew these are inflated figures. It's not just simply contractors gouging the government. These are inflated figures because you cannot have, as a line item in any congressional budget, black ops. Covert <laughs> yeah. operations. That cannot, inherently, cannot be a public budget item. So that's how they did it. They would inflate the various figures, and that excess was where they got the money for their operations. Since 1988, we haven't heard those jokes because they don't exist. They provided their budget for the future at that time. And uh, it was because of all of this, this flurry of activity, uh, you'll, 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 I don't want to give too much away because you're, you're going to read it in the book, but um, 
he's got a very kind heart, and that proved to be his downfall. The Secret Service got wind of what was going on, and of course, from their perspective, because this was way above their level, um, they they saw, oh, we've got a counterfeiter. They arrested him. He tried to get them to not put it in the public. Oh, it was too big. He even got the, the national director of the Secret Service interviewing him here in Los Angeles in, the, in Terminal Island or in the glass house saying, who are you? I can run your records up until 1971. After that, it comes back classified to me. Oh, I'm, just a Cuban. I'm, I'm just a crazy Cuban. That is awesome. I can't Sorry. Oh my God. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is just phenomenal. Um, okay. Well, Fred seems to be gone for some reason. We we hope he comes back. <laughs> but um, we have our other I guests. Do, I, who I has... tell you, he, he may be. He may be making a, a little trip to the uh, North Pole. <laughs> well, we got it. We got his back here, so you know that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's odd. It, it's a, kind of a little bit worrisome. But um, uh, Dr. Marmel, I don't know whether what to do other than thank you so much for your time and you and Tad and Brett and how much we've appreciated you and and what you've given us uh, as an experience and an ongoing uh, of experience coming to read the books and. And so I guess I'll just let Fred get a hold of you and um, let you know what happened to him tonight. But <laughs> we'll go you, ahead you, and you you tell him the next time I'm going to bring a, a coconut drink with a pure uh, ice frappe. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> that, way, that, that way we can put a little gum on here and. Yeah, and uh, okay. he will be cool completely. You know, he's not going to be even feeling the heat for this story. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'll drink to that. <laughs> all right. You have a great evening. God bless you all. And all what I ask to people is please visit the website, www.spymasterspy, and you will see all what we're talking about here. And uh, if you find any share of the tool and anything we say, and you have any questions at all, you can actually contact us, and we will be give you the answer if it's not classified. Oh, that's great. I, I want to stay in touch with you for sure, and, and our yeah, our group does too, I know. So, well, thank you again, Dr. Marmel, and um, God bless you. I look forward to talking with you again. Absolutely, sweetie. All right. You have a great evening. Thank you. And uh, and, and thanks, uh, uh, Fred, on my behalf, and on behalf yeah. of Todd and, and, and Brett. And uh, tell we actually are more than glad to uh, uh, do this tonight for you guys. And anytime we we need to come back, you know, uh, we are at the youth position. Indeed. Thank you very much. And thank you again. And God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you. You too, honey. Good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, Fred, this is Ed. I'm here. Well, um, we lost Fred, Ed, several minutes ago, and that's why I was posting. <laughs> I, I tried don't calling know. Fred's cell phone, but no answer. I, I think he message. might have he might have fallen asleep, or he's had uh, phone problems. But um, uh, that 
I don't know how much of that you got to hear, but boy, Dr. Marmel's a real wonder. Boy, that's a story, Ed. If you haven't heard who he is and what he's doing, you'll have to catch up on that one. Um, so we're here. Uh, who's left on the call? Quite a few people, and we're happy to hear your updates. I know that you your website was hacked, and then you had a you have a court case with documentation that someone else posted on your site that wasn't your information. Yeah, what uh, happened what, there? What happened um, on um, October fifteenth? Somebody hacked into my website. You still there? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. Uh, hacked into my website. I don't know how they did it. If they came through my computer or what they did, but um, and they had for uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Well, on um, a Sunday evening, I get a call from an old friend in Chicago. Uh, he said, uh, "Ed, I went to your website and wanted to read uh, the uh, Casey case again." And uh, and um, remind myself what was going on. And he said, I went to your website. And he said, man, it's really changed. And I said, uh, what do you mean? And he said, well, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I went and got on it, and I was looking at the correct website. Well, I said, Mick, what are you looking at? And he told me, and then he sent me the link. And when it got to me, I opened the email up and clicked on the link, and somebody that broke in, hacked into my website, changed the format. So all the stories that went down the center of the page, including our video, were gone, and this story was installed about um, uh, Jerry uh, Barry and Gene Symes being sued by um, attorney Willick in Nevada. And... Um, I'll read to you what it says on the uh, district court filing by Willick. The following demonstrates that defendants have not removed the deflammatory material from easy access by the public since the entry of the order filed August 25, 2015. All exhibits were found and printed from the World Wide Web on October 16th. This data is found in the lower right corner of each page. Well, you go look at his Exhibit 1, and it's a printout from my website. Up at the top, it says Veteran Court Codes, and it says HTTP, two forward slashes, veterancourtcodes.com, and here's this story uh, by Jerry Berry. So this attorney, Willick, uh, introduced it into evidence Monday morning the 19th, after it just popped up on the site on the 15th as uh, their main evidence. So, um, and it's dated down in the bottom that on the 16th, which was Friday, that uh, they got this information. Well, uh, that really PO'd me because uh, somebody was able to, and, and get this, the other vem- members of our group, veteran members, and Boise, Idaho, and Albany, New York, or whatever, they were seeing the same thing I was, nothing wrong with the website. Wow. So if I, one of them called and said, Ed, I need a document, I need this, and I'd say, well, let's go to my website, and I know where to find it, because some of them are hidden under like a, or not hidden, but under miscellaneous documents, and they wouldn't sure. know what to do, so um, I would go there and find it for them, and that way they could print it out and have it. 
well, when they all went there, we were all looking at the same thing, but everybody else in the United States was seeing this phony website. And we each called around to to friends or nobody that was a veteran, just friends, and asked them to go on the Internet. And um, uh, the Boise area, uh, San Antonio, Texas, um, or uh, New York, Virginia, and a couple other ones, and all they were seeing was the phony website. And then, miraculously, because we discovered this Sunday evening, I guess somebody went back after the weekend or whatever and started to change it. Mayan actually went blank for a while, and then um, it came back up the way it should be. But somebody had hid that from all of us, so we couldn't see it. Uh, But the American people were seeing something different. But this person was able now to print out that particular thing and tell this judge in this $20 million lawsuit against two veterans groups out of upstate New York, uh, Veterans for Veteran Connection and uh, Operation Firing for Effect. So, um, yeah, so now um, we believe um, I drew up, uh, I have to go fax it tomorrow. A uh, letter it says, Attention Judge Stephanie Miley, case number A-12-661766-C, department number Roman numeral 23. And I put big, great big letters, fraud upon the court. In the case of Willick versus Barry and Symes at Dow, someone hacked into my website. I, Edwin H. Crosby III, am sole owner of the aforementioned website. The terrorists, and now I'm starting to get smart. <laughs> I said the terrorists who did this changed the format and installed a story by one Jerry Barry. People all around the United States saw the story I buried by, for approximately four days. I called to your attention the pages submitted to you by one Marshall Willick and marked in your court as Exhibit 1 under Supplement to Motion for Order to Show Cause. On each document, it shows VeteranCourtCodes.com, my website. I did not authorize that particular story. This is a fraudulent document submitted as evidence. Uh, So um, uh, what the deal is, I figure when she gets this to Mar, um, that's going to have to be investigated because um, I um, am am waiting for an FBI agent by the name of... uh, that's it's either an H or a T, uh, Starkey or Sharkey, out of Joplin, Missouri, uh, to contact me so I can file a complaint and get my name in black and white on a piece of paper. So wow. um, that's where we are now that somebody got into this site. Now, 30 days, approximately 30 days prior to this, the government, because it beat only ones, uh, hacked into my website here and seized administrative control. And I had to have a, a Microsoft wizard out of Texas who spent approximately over a period of three days, 20 uh, hours, uh, trying to get some control back in here to me. But my hard drive is corrupted. It's going to have to come out and be taken care of or replaced or whatever. And I'd rather have it taken care of and we'll have to send it to Texas uh, to get it really fixed, but um, every time, and this is still, we can't do anything about it because I got control. Every time I print a document out, it goes to them first. Oh, 
And then Whoa. every time I send an email, it goes to them first. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's hideous. Oh, my yeah, God. It, you it, must it, be so frustrated. It is. <laughs> well, terrible. I tried to go find an attorney to see today just to get some the quick advice. I go, well, if I file this complaint with the FBI, are they going to say, Mr. Crosby, we need that computer or we need your hard drive? Well, uh, uh, okay, but uh, guys, you can't leave me without a uh, a computer. Um, I'll go to uh, Tiger Direct and order a new hard drive, and they're very quickly about sending you stuff so you don't have to wait long time. But when that comes, then I would have the new hard drive, and when the FBI agent came and said, okay, I'm going to take this out of here, good. Hey, buddy, by the way, <laughs> I don't know anything about these. Would you install this new hard drive for me? And let him put a new. I'm sitting there looking right over his shoulder. I could watch him install the new one, and um, I'm yeah. sure he ain't gonna mess with it or do anything. But uh, and uh, at least I will have a computer. But but they're yeah. gonna take oh. the old one, and they're going. And I'm gonna tell them. See that this is the problem. If they go into that hard drive and they're looking for who hacked into the website and who did this, what happens when they go back a little bit further and they find out that the people that broke into my website and have this control of it? They're out of the Justice Department, D.C., or something just as evil. Yeah. Wow, what a situation! Gosh, that's that's like right up there with Doctor Marvel. Are you are you back with us, Fred? Yeah, Dee, are you there? Yes, uh, we 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 graciously let Doctor Marvel finish, and then we kept calling out to you, and then I we said our goodbyes, and that's been. Oh, right, we were worried about. About you, what happened? Are you okay? <laughs> this, is, this is a first. I I fell asleep. Oh, that's what Steve and I kind of figured because you you put in such long hours, Fred. Oh well, God. you know, we kind of all had a good little uh, Dr. Marvel was. Next time when I talk to Fred, I'm going to make sure he has cocktails. Basically, okay. that's what he was saying. I I don't know what happened, but uh, well. The, Oh it's okay. <laughs> I'm just glad you're okay and didn't get mugged or something, you know. That, I'm okay. That was... I'm okay. I'm going to have to call. Uh, oh, my gosh. Welcome oh, to yes. being an old person, Fred. You have passed the final <laughs> test. <laughs> when you fall asleep watching TV or on the telephone, you're there, there, bub. <laughs> okay, man. Oh, Fred, yeah. No, it was okay. We doing? made. Oh, my gosh. We made oh, the most right. of it, and I, I was okay. able to, you know, talk to him, and kind of we had a laugh, and it, and we didn't say maybe you fell asleep. We just, you know, we said we we hope. But see, Steve got dumped too. Everything got dumped, and then I got dumped too in the middle of Ed's thing, although he didn't know because <laughs> I made it back before he finished his oh, his paragraph. <laughs> so both of us got dumped, and then you, you know, so it's just. But it was, I mean, Dr. Marmel's such a wonder. I, I, I mean, he's so great, you know, and was able to talk to him at the end there. And he, he said, well, thank you so much, you know, for letting me talk to you. And tell Fred to give me a call. <laughs> I, I, I will we'll call him. I will call him. Oh, my gosh, I feel so bad. Oh, don't feel bad. We we handled uh, it. It was fine. We actually made it. Uh, it actually went really well. So don't worry. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. I'm just well, glad you're okay. Ed, go go ahead. I, I'm sure you're you're already talking, but uh, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right so far. Uh, this uh, FBI agent, I wish he would call me. Now I filed Sunday night quickly. I see three 
I think that's the on um, on the web filing thing for an FBI complaint or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that, but it even notes there it could be weeks before we get back to you because of the vol- voluminous amount of, of um, claims they receive. So um, I thought when it came Monday morning after sleeping on the night, you know, I need to go to the FBI office here in Springfield and file it. And I did. Oh, oh we oh, well, we don't have any uh, – we don't handle that. The agent that handled that is uh, a- agent uh, – uh, Starkey or Sharky, like I said, I, the lady's handwriting, I can't tell if that's a T or an H, and um, is in Joplin, Missouri, and I got the phone number, and I put it in that uh, uh, statement to the, the uh, that judge up there in Nevada. I put uh, in parentheses uh, the file a formal complaint, and in parentheses I put Agent Starkey, Joplin, Missouri, and, and put his phone number. So uh, the, even the judge, and we pick up the phone call, did Mr. Crosby file with you yet? Well, of course, uh, I'm uh, faxing this tomorrow. I'm sure they'll look at it and then go home for the weekend, and phone calls will be made, and then they'll have to decide what they're going to do with that lawyer up there in uh, Nevada uh, because okay. uh, he committed a bunch of criminal acts. Uh, uh, that's an ICC thing, FCC thing of um, yep. uh, interfering with stuff going over the uh, airwaves and stuff in other states. So uh, that's that's the, the jurisdiction that the uh, FBI can use. My um, uh, server host, Bluehost, out of Utah, is supposed to be the best of never being hacked. And, and I called him up and said, uh, hey, something went on. I want a forensic audit of my website. Now, that mm-hmm. means that they should stumble into who in Washington, D.C. has also got in here and done this stuff. So... Um, I got something coming from that end. It would be nice okay, just good. to see if we can get that trace and find out uh, where the person was at that broke into my website. Now, lucky thing, Bluehost got into my website and changed the username password thing, and now I've got control of it again. But mm-hmm. what that person did when they broke into my computer, they had to go deep into it to be able to find where that password and and uh, username was to get in the website, and um, you know it's just not visible by going in through regular programs. So the, they had to go really looking hard for this, and uh, obviously they're very talented. So, uh, and I'm sure that the the attorney up there in Nevada had to pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> but he's about wow. to get nabbed. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, people in. Um, uh, New York, uh, Barry and Symes, uh, on the 20th, had a video court meeting with a judge, but they didn't explain enough. And, uh, and the judge said, well, wait a minute, I don't want to hear it, I don't see anything here. And I told him, you, I told you guys, you need to get it typed up real quick. Uh, don't use but maybe a page and a quarter, and uh, get it submitted to the court clerk out there so it's got the electronic stamp on it, and like the one I got uh, from them, uh, shows on the... Um, uh, 19th, that this uh, document was submitted by uh, Willick electronically filed 1019, and it's got the name of the court of the clerk, and, and it says the clerk of the court under it. So um, that makes it official. But uh, they needed to get something in there, and then I decided I'll call the judge and um, and report this. Uh, and according to their... Hello. 
who's speaking? <clears throat> oh, it's Dixie. Oh, hi, Dixie. Um, well, is Ed gone? Ed? Hello? Hello? Is this what happened to me? Oh, God. Yes. This has happened to all three of us tonight. Um, now, Ed. His wow. number's there. It, his number's there, but he's not there. So you're seeing his number is there, but, but he's not responding. Yeah, and that's what, where we were at with you for quite a while. We were okay, like, my number, my number was still there, right? Yeah, it was still there, but you were, you were. <laughs> we kept oh, calling you out every few minutes, but that's okay, Fred. Um, Doctor Marmel didn't seem to think it was weird at all. Um, yes. Maybe Ed muted himself accidentally. I don't know, Ed. You're muted. Yeah. If you can hear me. Uh, so you well, still see Ed's, Ed's number is there, right? Yes. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah. Isn't that weird? God, I feel like... It's been a strange uh, kind of night, technically, anyway. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, and then right. Steve, once he got dumped, he couldn't unmute, or he was going to lose. Oh, now he's gone. Well, give him a, give him a minute, maybe he'll dial back in, and if not, we'll have to... We'll have to just say goodbye, everyone. Yeah, because it's after eight already. Yeah, that's weird the way that happened. Because, uh, I mean, he 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 was up there for quite some time, and then he disappeared. So, um, I don't know that that board's kind of got a delay or something with it, Didi. Because that's strange. Because you know, I was <laughs> I was answering you, and all of a sudden, boom, I was gone, and that was the talk shoot feed as well. So I had to get that back in real quick. Oh, yeah, and then I was uh, talking to Ed when he came in, and I got so, this. Hat, you were you were blitzed on the other call. I mean, when I was when I was gone previous to this, right? You yeah, got yeah, we got yeah, and I got dropped. I got dropped uh, right when I was uh, talking with Ed to get him going on his on his little talk there and responding yeah. to him. Then I got dumped. <laughs> Isn't that something? So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't have a real good. <laughs> maybe there's more to this. Wow. Okay. I don't know, but I love Dr. Marmel, Fred. He's he's an amazing individual, and yeah, um, he's a great guy. I, I feel so bad. I I literally, I've been so tired. I I just uh, my, my whole body just just went asleep. Yeah. Well, don't fe- don't feel bad because I just you know I stepped in and we were fine and we yeah. enjoyed ourselves and he seemed fine. He was. He's probably used to stuff like that, and he was making jokes about bringing you cocktails so that the story didn't burn okay. you out, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Fred, I remember last week he said he would he would get some free copies. Of, we could get free copies of the zipper. Yeah. And I don't know, do you know anything about how we can go about that? Because I sure would like to read it. <laughs> I I need to get that that link. I will find out the link, and I'll I'll email it to you guys, okay? Yeah, because I have his number, but I don't want to call him up. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Although he says it's okay, but that's all right. Yeah. If you can find out, that'd be great. And if not, well, we'll just have to... I'm going to call him right now just to say goodnight to him and, okay. and explain it, say I'm sorry, but but he worked out okay overall, right? He was able to... Oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a good time, and uh, and he enjoyed talking with me, and we, you know, everything was oh, fine. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. 
That's all right, Fred. You're always instantly forgiven, and you know that. All right. <laughs> no matter well, what I it gotta, is. In fact, I've got to I've got to go home because my wife, you know, I, right before the call, I drove her back from the airport. Oh. And uh, so anyway, she's been okay. gone all week. She's she was uh, away for the week, so I've got a bu- bunch of things I got to do at home. Okay. Good well. Night. Good night, everyone. Good night, Fred. Good, Good night. night. Thank you. I'm going to give him a call just to say I'm sorry. Okay. All right, guys. Take care. God okay. bless. You too. <laughs> oh, that was that was a lot of fun. A U N American Underground Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.